Welcome to the Nasred Podcast, or Nasred Talks About Movies, a place where movies are discussed. Friends, I am so excited to be talking about the movie that I'm going to be reviewing. I'm so excited to be talking about Takashi Miike. I'm just excited. I'm. Uh, life is wonderful. Life is great. Last night, okay, listen, I wasn't going to talk about this because it's not really movie related, but maybe it kind of is because it has to do a little bit with porn and stuff. But I, I, you know, in order for this podcast to work and be compelling and be interesting, I have to be. Excuse me, I just belched. I have to be honest, which goes into the belt, you know? Like, I, I just have to be honest. Like, one of my heroes is Howard Stern. He's, like, the greatest American ever, uh, next to Tarantino and other heroes and stuff like that. And if you look at that career and you look at, you know, what he did on radio and stuff like that, it wasn't the hookers and the titties and the, and the whack pack that made it great. It was the honesty. And I think anybody being honest is interesting. And I have to admit that when I first started the podcast, and in fact, if you've been following the podcast, uh, you know, hey, how's it going? Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for being a, a friend to the podcast. If you've been following the podcast, you'd see that oftentimes with movies, I'm, I become a cheerleader. And and it's it's genuine. It is a genuine thing. I want, I want this podcast to be a place where we celebrate movies, whether it's just me or if it's with my friends, Jesse and Alex, or if it's your Jason, or if I'm just interviewing someone about their career in the indie film scene or something like that. I want this to be a good podcast. I want this to be interesting. And when I first started, I was so enamored with what I was doing, with 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 doing a podcast and doing a movie podcast. And I made this rule that I wasn't going to use the podcast as a vehicle to to tear movies down. Because, excuse me, I just belched again. I just crushed a whole rock star energy, forgive me. Um, but I, I, I did not want to use this podcast as a, as a vehicle to tear movies down, as I said. And so, like, for instance, one of the first movies that I reviewed was Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman has its problems as a movie, but because of the fact that I was just so happy to be reviewing something for my podcast, and I was just so excited to be doing a podcast, and then also, I don't want to burn any bridges. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't. I live in LA. Most people, and I'm not, this is not a knock against most podcast movie podcasts in fact i envy those kind of podcasts most movie podcasts are nowhere near la like there's some fucking place in michigan or some place you know what i mean and it's a bunch of guys that just love movies and they get together and they talk about movies and i love these podcasts and you know if i can mention a few in particular that i really really love is film junk and uh, f this movie i i, I like those uh, podcasts a lot and there's a few godzilla podcasts that i that i very much enjoy and, you know, so when I first started doing this podcast, I was completely like, just, wow, that what a, it's a great movie, it's this, you know, like, blah, 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 blah. And I realized, again, that I just have to be honest. Anything that I do artistically, I want it to be good, and I want it to be entertaining. And I, this podcast is a, is a creative endeavor. And so I am making a promise right here and now that especially when it comes to movies and my feelings about movies and, and just everything, I'm going to be honest. Last week, Jesse and Alex came for the Marvel Megacast, and I was... It, it wasn't even that, like, my my uh, review of Thor Ragnarok, because that was what we did, you know? It wasn't that my review was, like, lukewarm or I wasn't high on the movie. 
it's just that I found myself in a weird position because, like, if, if you've listened to that episode, like, we reviewed our the first Marvel megacast that we did. And the Marvel megacast is what we do when a Marvel movie comes out to celebrate it because it's fun. You know what I mean? I have Jesse and Alex. I'm trying to get, you know, my other friend Jason to, to, to come in because but he lives in the Valley and stuff. It's hard to coordinate our schedules. And he has a huge family, a growing family, and God bless him. And, you know, I have them come over, and so the first one that we reviewed was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and I gave it on the on the podcast rating scale of 10 ice cream cones and an ice cream sundae if it blows you away and a banana split if you have mixed feelings. I gave it an ice cream sundae. And then I'm watching Thor Ragnarok, and I think, well, this is, you know, in my opinion, and no, again, like, I, I'm not here to burn bridges, I'm not here to beat people up, I'm not here to be negative, but if I had to sort of critically think of both Thor Ragnarok and and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I would say that Thor Ragnarok is the better movie. You know what I mean? It, it just, it, it, it hit me a, a little more than, than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, I gave Ga Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 a ice cream sundae. And then I'm watching Thor Ragnarok, and I'm thinking, this is a good movie. This is, this is eight ice cream cones. But then, if, if it's better than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, how can it be eight ice cream cones when Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 got an ice cream sundae? It's crazy. What do I do? Well, this is what I do. I just be honest about the mo movies that I watch and stuff like that. And, you know, like last week when I was talking to the guys, I was like, look, this pot, I don't tear movies down. I, I don't like doing that. Like, I wouldn't do an episode where I watch Garden State and just rip on Garden State. But then I was thinking about it. And I'm like, well, why not do that? Who cares? I think Zach Braff can take the take the punch. I, I don't think he gives a fuck. And uh, who cares? Like, really, who cares? This podcast, I just want it to be entertaining and fun for my for my subscribers. And you know, and I, again, like, I have a nice chunk of subscribers, and and I'm really proud of that. And so I'm just gonna be honest from now on. And. You know, I wasn't even going to mention this. Like, okay, here's a, a, an example of honesty that has nothing to do with uh, with uh, cinema. Last night, for the first time in my life... Okay, this is what happened. Okay, I was watching Blade of the Immortal. And, and in... Like, I paused it to go eat some chicken nuggets or something. I, I made myself some chicken nuggets. And while I'm eating the chicken nuggets, um, I'm scrolling through, through Twitter... And I see uh, this uh, porn star, Carla Lane, is having, like, a swingers party. And I thought, oh, that's... I've never been to a swingers party. I, I, I want to go and observe, not, not to do anything, just to go and just see what, what, what the hell that is. And so I was like... So I'm watching Blade of the Immortal, and then I'm thinking in my head, like, okay... Uh, after this, I could record the podcast, but the problem is I'm a little high. And usually when I'm a little high, the... I, I, I'm not speaking as well as I could, and um, I'm a little high, and, and you know, maybe I need, uh, like, 24 hours to sort of ruminate and marinate in a Blade of the Immortal before I give my thoughts on it, and so I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to the swingers party, and, you know, just, just to observe, because I, these things are incredibly interesting to me, and so the swingers party, I, we'll get to Blade of the Immortal, hold on, calm, calm down, just chill out, listen to this, okay, because this is interesting, the swingers party, 
party. I didn't read the info about the swingers party. I just thought, okay, you go to this place and you pay 40 bucks and you give the, the, the password, which is I'm a friend of Ronnie's. And then in my head, this is what it was. You go into a room and people are just doing it. You know what I mean? So then I, I watch Blade of the Immortal and I, I, I sort of email the 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 place that you're supposed it's like a secret it's like a big secret so i email the place i'm like hey i'd like to attend this party i think it would be interesting and then i get an email back with all the d directions right like the here's the address uh, here's the thing no drugs no alcohol uh no judgments just 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 come and have a fun time and i'm like oh my god this is exciting because it's, it's friday it's uh, today is Saturday, uh, November the 11th. Yesterday was the 10th of November. And it was a Friday and I wasn't doing anything. I didn't have any plans. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this thing. So I drive to the valley, which I'm in Santa Monica. So that's like, you know, 30 minutes or something without traffic. And thank God, you know, traffic was okay. So I drive to the valley and I go and I'm following the, uh, the, um, the directions. And it's off of Sherman Way. Like you had to exit Sherman Way and stuff. And the thing started at nine and it ended at two. Okay. So here I am and I'm like, you know, I, I, I put a little thought into what I wear normally and stuff, even when I'm just whatever. But so I, I wear my like fedora and my little Hawaiian shirt and my blue uh, sports coat and stuff. And I'm like, cause you know, and I took a shower. And so I wanted to be nice and fresh in case I see a beautiful woman that wants to make love. But then here's the thing. My intention was not... I really just wanted to see what it w was. I didn't want to do anything because I didn't want anybody like taking a picture of me or something like that, even though one of the rules was like no pictures and stuff. So anyway, so I go, I exit Sherman Way. It's in the valley, Boogie Nights land, porno land. Uh, and I drive to the place. And then one thing that I that I notice is that, oh, this is by a props. Uh, the, the area that it was, was in the valley. If you've ever like rented gear for a shoot or you've ever, you know, uh, done anything of that sort. Oh, fuck. Somebody's calling me. God damn it. It's my aunt. Uh, I'll, uh, I'm in the middle of like a erotic story. So oh, hold on. My aunt can wait. But anyway, so, so in, in the valley, if you've ever rented gear, there are lots of these like warehouses where you can go, they have like lighting warehouses where you could rent lights and they have camera rental warehouses where you could rent cameras. They have all these things, right? And I noticed the place is right next to um, this place where I once bought a prop. I uh, I once bought a, a, a metal pipe prop for the Debbie and the Devil scene. And it was at this place called No Rules FX and stuff. And so, so I'm like, oh, that's that place. And then I notice... In the 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 street in the in the parking lot, there's like a large African American guy, and I, I I'm pretty sure okay th this guy is going to the swinger party. There's like this guy with his girl, and the girl was a little big, and he she's they're going in, and I'm like okay this the this is the crowd I guess, and so so I walk up to the place to the address and I see another large woman uh standing outside smoking a cigarette and she's like oh hey hon and I was like oh hey and she was she was kind of old and stuff and so then I go in and I go up these steps and then I go down and it's like this office building but then the room of the party is where the 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 stuff happens and stuff like that and so I go 
up the steps, and I have that sort of nervous feeling you get when you're with a girl or you're with you're you're gonna about to enter a girl's room or something like that, you know, or a woman or whatever, a woman, not a girl, but you know what I mean. And so I I go up the steps and then I go into the thing and then there's this guy at the reception and then I'm like ah, I'm a friend of Ronnie's and he's like yeah okay forty dollars and then I uh, I I give him the forty dollars and I go in and it's pretty dead except for a, a, a few larger women and and then I I sort of I was like so then more people started coming and I noticed. Almost all of the women were big. And then so then I go back and look at the at the email. And then I realize this is a BBW party, swingers party. And BBW means big, beautiful woman. And these women were very beautiful and stuff. And so I was at this thing. And I'm like, okay, all right, this is the situation. And then I noticed other people coming in. And then there were a lot of people that were trans. There was like a lot of like transsexual girl, women, I guess you would call, you would call them women, I guess. And, you know, it's not my thing. And so every time like a trans would, would come around and I, I would just sort of like leave. Not that I'm transphobic. I've, I've had friends in the trans community and stuff. And I am, I am a, a friend to the LGBTQ uh, T, uh, community and stuff. But anyway, it's just not my thing. And so, so I went to the food area and they had like a table with Cheetos and, and sticky buns and, and like hostess products and stuff. Cause they're big, beautiful women. They need to eat and stuff. And then so I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is the situation. This is very odd. And then and then so then there was this this girl came in and she had a really beautiful face. And her name was Sarah Starr, and she was a porn star. And so she starts talking to this dude. And I'm like, okay, out of all the girls here, she's like the the, the cutest, I, I suppose. And so so then I started talking to her, and I, I just started asking her questions about her her business because I was like, I, I was always curious about this. I was like, so like the sites like Pornhub and Uges and stuff like that, do you lose money? because of them because they're showing your clips and she was like yeah unfortunately we do it, it sort of kills business and she said that what she does is because she has her own website and stuff she she uh and it was an interesting conversation it was it was fascinating actually i had a few interesting conversations and and she said that like what what she does is when she films a scene uh she puts it up on those on those websites but it's like a small clip like if you've ever looked at porn in your life which I know you have. Don't fucking deny it. Uh, if you notice, like, say you, you... I can't believe I'm talking about this. But say you're on, like, Nude Vista or something where it's one of those websites where it aggregates all of the results from Pornhub and Uges and all these things and stuff like that. And you see a, like, two-minute clip of something, but you know it belongs to a larger clip. That clip is from the company itself and they do that because they may the Sarah was explaining this to me because the the little bit of revenue that those clips it's enough revenue that they can they can kind of not live off of it but it may, gives them some money from their work and then i started thinking about it and i was like you know uh, I, I i i like porn stars i think porn stars are cool people and i like talking to them but uh, it's unfortunate for them 
that these websites like Pornhub and stuff like that, that they're kind of killing the market, that they can't make money off of their content and stuff. But I digress. What, am, what are you going to do? It's it's porn. And so I talked to that girl. And then like, and then so as the party goes on, I notice people are starting to do it. They're starting to have sex. And it was very funny and weird. And I I, I, I was half giggling and half fascinated and stuff. But then here's the thing once the sex started the whole place smelt like ass and pussy and so i was just like okay and then so then like uh, i was there I, I i talked to this girl veruca she was very interesting she's she was just starting out in the industry and she was saying oh i have this new scene coming it's guy guy i was like oh wow that's that's interesting and so basically i just sort of hovered the whole night talking to people because it was fascinating because the majority of the big girls there, they were in porn. And it was interesting talking to them and asking them about the business. You know what I mean? Because it very much is a business. And so I talked to Sarah. I talked to Veruca. I talked a little bit to Carla Lane, who was like the, the party was supposed to be her bachelorette party or whatever. And it was all very, very fascinating, very gross and very disgusting. And after experiencing it, I think I can safely say I'm good on that experience. I don't need to go again. It's, it's I'm okay. There were a lot of creepy people there and it was fascinating and also a little scary. But you know what? I did it and that's it. Boom, boom, boom. See, I was honest. That's the new Nas Red podcast. In fact, the other thing is about the podcast. Well, it wasn't that interesting, a BBW swingers party. But anyway, one of the other things about the podcast is, you know, I host this this podcast on a website that once I reach 100 episodes, the old episodes go away. You know what I mean? So like if I'm on episode 101, the first episode of the podcast is going to go away. So at some point I have to do another podcast and I'm thinking of calling it Mr. Red's Movie Madness or Mr. the Mr. Red Show or something. But having the same format and stuff like that and you know, I'm I'm enjoying doing this podcast. What can I say? But listen, enough fat chicks and and smells of ass and pussy let's talk about blade of the immortal okay i think i i i i gave you something that was honest a, a raw honest piece of me and i hope you enjoyed it don't judge me i didn't do anything i was just hanging out and talking to people and it was very very interesting and again very very gross and disgusting but fascinating because it's a part of life what are you going to do that brings me to the review, Blade of the Immortal. What can I say about Takashi Miike that maybe I haven't already said on this podcast? Takashi Miike is a huge filmmaker to me, and it's not just because of the fact that he's made a hundred films, count them, a hundred films. When I first started hearing about Takashi Miike, I was a very, you know, solo guy, just doing my thing, hanging out, and... It, just getting into cinema and getting into jalos and getting into Japanese cinema and Korean movies and just just eating up every movie that I can see. And w the director that was like sort of I looked at as the head of like the outlaw cinema from Japan was Takashi Miike. And the first things that you would hear about Takashi Miike, and this is, mind you, this is like early 2000s and stuff like that. You would hear the guy makes three movies a year. Not all of them are good. Some are great, some are terrible, some are half-finished. But he makes three movies a year, he makes them at an insane clip. He never says no to work, he always takes work. And it was just so fascinating and interesting to, to, to see this guy's films. I think the first film of his, 
I really don't know what the first film of his that I saw. But I'm guessing maybe it was Ichi the Killer because that was the one that you heard the most of. And if you've listened to the podcast, you would know Ichi the Killer is a huge fucking movie for me. I steal from it constantly. I will steal from it from the for the rest of my life. I love that movie. I think it's awesome. It's amazing. If you haven't seen Ichi the Killer, watch it. You know. And after I do give my thoughts on Blade of the Immortal, I'm going to you know. There's there was I, I found this article that sort of gave ten essential Takashi Miike movies, and we're gonna go through them really briefly. And so Takashi Miike is just the most OG guy. In fact, a couple weeks ago. I went with my brother and my friend Dylan and we went to the Egyptian theater in uh, Hollywood and we saw him. They did a double feature. They were for two nights they were doing a double feature. One, the first double feature was Audition and uh what was the second one? Uh, City of Lost Souls. And that's the one that we went to. The second night I think it was Visitor Q and Happiness of the Katakuris. And we went and it was a huge deal for me. That, that he was going to be there. He was going to be there for a Q&A. And they showed Audition. They brought him out. And one of the things that he said, and if you've ever seen Audition, this will all make sense and stuff. He said that when they showed, he, he seems like a very funny, cool guy. In fact, I gave him a thumbs up and he nodded at me and I almost died. But he said that when, he, when they premiered Audition in France, uh, people in the theater started saying, oh my God, whoever made this is sick. And then so then Takashi Miike thought, okay, I, I guess I'm sick. And then he was interviewed by a French news thing. And they said, Mr. Miike, we feel that your uh, film audition is a feminist piece and that you're a feminist. And Takashi Miike at the Q&A said, I had never thought about what a feminist was or if I was a feminist and I never cared. But hearing them say, I'm a feminist made me realize I'm a feminist. And I guess with the people in the theater saying I'm sick, I'm a sick feminist. And him saying that everybody laughed and stuff like that. And the Q&A was, was awesome. And one of the things that I think is really interesting, and again, I'll, I'll jump into the Blade of the Immortal review. It might be really quick, but one of the things that's really, really, really interesting about Takashi Miike's work, and I, and I haven't seen all of his films. It's almost impossible to see all of his films. There's a lot of films. A hundred films is a lot of films. I can try in my lifetime, but it's a lot. And the guy doesn't look like he's slowing down at any point. Even his most gnarly films, and by gnarly, I don't know, Visitor Q, which is just incest and necrophilia and beating up your mother and, and just wild shit, right? Or Ichi the Killer, where it's fucking gory and and violent and and women are used as punching bags as i've read in in you know i've seen the movie but you know i read that that description that women are treated like punching bags in each of the killer even with all of that in those two films one of the consistent things through like a thread throughout his films is love and humanity it's a weird thing but if you have the right eyes when you see these films You'll see that. Like, there is a love and humanity. I mean, each of the killer, you might think, what the, what the fuck? I mean, one of the things that he said about each of the killer was he said, I wanted to make a film with no redeeming social value. I think it was either that or Visitor Q. I'm pretty sure it was each of the killer. But in each of the killer, there is the love that Kakihara felt for his boss. And 
you know, I mean, that's there. It's there. It's 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 right there in the film, and you have to deal with it because you're dealing with these monstrous people, and you it's something that you you either reckon with it or you kind of forget it, and you just label Kakihara a monster. You know what I mean? And and then Visitor Q. One of the things about it, I mean, again, it's a very, very gnarly film. It looks gross in terms of digital video. Like, it was one of the very first digital mini-DV, whatever-the-fuck movies and stuff. And that movie is so wild and so gross. In fact, I once, I went to Staples to go buy something, and I was wearing an Ichi the Killer shirt. And there was this really nice-looking, you know, Hispanic girl. And she was like, oh my, and she, she was working behind the register. And she said, oh my God, is that Ichi the Killer? And I was like, oh yeah, wow, you know Ichi the Killer? And she was like, oh, I love Takashi Miike. And then I said, oh yeah. And then I, I I named off a few of his other films. And she said, yeah, I saw that, saw that. And I said, what about Visitor Q? And she was like, oh, I, I, I cannot get into that. You know what I mean? Because I mean, dude, it, it's pretty gross. Like it, it's disgusting. But it's the thing that I was going to mention about it is that you watch that film and it's gross and disgusting and there's shit and necrophilia and a father fucking his daughter and all these gross stuff, right? But it seems as though when you see the whole movie, the message is family. The message is the the unity of the family unit, uh, if that makes sense. Do you get what I'm saying? Or, or you know, on that second double feature the next night, they were going to show Visitor Q and they were going to show Happiness of the Katakuris. And Happiness of the Katakuris is an amazing film. It's one of my favorite musicals. It's just great. It's about this family and stuff. And that one has the same theme. That's It's a little less wild uh, than uh, Visitor Q. It's more funny. But but it has that same theme of of the unity of family and 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 bringing the family together and that that sort of very Japanese theme of uh, helping the group and and giving your best to help the group and help the family and help the clan and stuff like that and so that's Takashi Miike he is a master he truly is a master and uh, which brings me to Blade of the Immortal. Um, Blade of the Immortal is a 2017 movie. It, it was showing at the New Art this week, but also, and I love this, it was it was on VOD. And so I decided, you know, after the Marvel Megacast, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this and do a quick episode and talk about Takashi Miike and stuff. And so I watched Blade of the Immortal. Blade of the Immortal, one thing you should know is that it's based on a manga. I have read the first volume of the manga years ago, like a, almost a decade ago. And Blade of the Immortal is about this guy named Manji, and he is immortal. He has these worms in him, these blood worms, that when he gets cut, like say you cut his arm off, uh, he, the blood worms mend his body back together so he can't die. And I didn't notice this in the movie, but in the in the manga, he can only die after he's killed a thousand evil men. And the premise of the film is very close to the book, but it's also a very samurai movie uh, thing. And in, off the top of my head, I mean, I know this is a samurai movie, but Samurai Champloo, the anime, uh, that has that this same kind of narrative thing where there's this girl and she's looking for someone and she enlists the help of, a, of the samurai. In, in the case of Samurai Champloo, uh, the, the girl uh, asks these two samurai to help her find uh, the samurai who smells of sunflowers. And in Blade of the Immortal, this girl enlists Manji to go get revenge on the people that killed her family. And what I will say about Blade of the Immortal, I think I'll give my rating right now 
8.5 ice cream cones. No, no, 9. 9 ice cream cones out of 10. It wasn't quite an ice cream sundae, but that's just because of the fact that Takashi Miike has a lot of ice cream sundaes in his filmography. And, uh, you know, it's... it's the, the thing is, like, for instance, there are two other... Uh, Takashi Miike films that that come to mind when I bring up this example, but 13 Assassins and Harakiri. And both of them are very, very, very serious samurai films. Chambara or whatever they call it. Very serious samurai films. There's n not a lot of humor. Um, oh, someone is calling me again. Oh, it's my mom. Well, listen, I, I, I gotta do the podcast, mom. Sorry. Um, hold on. Let it, let it, let it die. I'm sorry, I want this podcast to be great and professional and stuff, but, you know, sometimes people call, I'm in high demand, my aunt, my mom, people just, just want me. But listen, okay, that's enough. Um, Harakiri and 13 Assassins are very, very serious samurai films. 13 Assassins, the most obvious sort of comparison film is Seven Samurai. Uh, Harakiri is based on an older film, like I, I believe it's from a, a Japanese film from the 60s or something. And they're very serious samurai films. The Thirteen Assassins has a little, little drop of humor, a little, a little absurdity, a little of that Mike absurdity that you see in his filmography. But other than that, they're very straight. They're very the, the action is amazing, and they're very you know serious films. Blade of the Immortals. You have to consider the source material when you're sort of looking at it because of the fact that it's not a Kurosawa samurai film. It's a pop samurai film. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a little less serious than something like 13 Assassins. In fact, two films uh, that uh, that were not directed by Mike, but they're good comparisons to this because they're just different, is Love and Honor and Twilight Samurai. If you look at a normal samurai film, and by normal, I mean maybe one that doesn't even make it out of Japan, like a, a, a normal samurai drama, you might get a blood spray here and there, but otherwise they're very still, they're very quiet, they're very austere. And one of the things that I noticed, you know, this is a, a very good example of a, of a, a samurai film, Akira Kurosawa's Sanjuro, right? And in Sanjuro, you're following the Toshiro Mifune character in his little, uh, in his little uh, adventure, and um, you follow him, and and he's in his adventure and stuff. And this is, I'm not going to go into the plot details of Sanjuro, but what happens is, it goes, it goes, it goes, it goes, and then at the end, there is a blood spray. There's a dramatic moment where two samurai are looking at each other. And they're, they're, they're in a showdown. They're in the middle of a showdown. And they're looking at each other. And it's completely quiet. And then one of them just whips out the sword. And there's a huge gushing blood spray. And it's beautiful. And in fact, one of the things that I read somewhere was that the blood spray was way too much. Like, it wasn't supposed to be that much blood. And the thing is, Sanjuro is not a big bloody movie. I think that's the only instance of where you see a huge gushing thing of blood. But my point is, most samurai films are, like, this is the rhythm of them. Still, still, still quiet. Uh, uh, sounds of the river. Sounds of large insects. A, a samurai sort of walking. And then at the end of it, there will be some sort of showdown. 
And it would be satisfying. But the thing is, you have to sort of be patient with the rest of the film. You have to sort of be in that rhythm of stillness. You know what I mean? And Blade of the Immortal is not that at all. Again, it's pop samurai. It There's a lot of action. There's not a lot of downtime. It's not a boring film. It's two hours and 20 minutes. But it's, it's, it's a fun time. But it's like if you've... I wouldn't call this a bad experience, but if you had an experience where you wanted to watch a samurai film because you wanted to see just blood squirting everywhere and then you rented, I don't know, say Twilight Samurai and then you're like, what the fuck? There's like barely any, there's no action in this except for the end and it's like a little part. Blade of the Immortal is not that. Blade of the Immortal is complete pop samurai fun and I give it nine ice cream cones out of 10 ice cream cones, and it wasn't a, quite a ice cream sundae. Now listen, let's say you have not seen anything of Takashi Meike's films, which is quite possible. I, I think a lot of people haven't seen his films. Let's say you want to go and sort of, you know, uh, see a few of his films that are really, really good, right? Well, luckily, there's a website called Taste of Cinema that I stumbled upon, and I I didn't make this list myself, but they made a list of the 10 best, of the 10 essential Takashi Miike films. Um, right off the bat, I, one of the movies in this trilogy are mentioned, but they don't mention the full trilogy. There's, there's one of his movies, his trilogy movies that I really, really like is, it's this trilogy called the Shinjuku Triad uh, Trilogy. And it's all about like Chinese immigrants or immigrants in Japan. And I think, I, I believe, uh, from what I read in his bio years ago, I think Takashi Miike is a he's a he's an immigrant in in Japan and stuff. And so anyway, so there are ten essential films. And I looked at this list; it's a pretty good list. Let's go down it and and pick one of these films. Watch one of these films. It's it they're really amazing. Takashi Miike is the best. Okay, listen. Harakiri, Death of a Samurai. I mentioned that one. It's really good. It's, it's the story is is cool. It's a good historical drama. It's a good samurai film. It's not quite Twilight Samurai in the sense that like not a lot of action, but it's not an action fest. It's it's a it's more it's a samurai drama, you know, and it, it has everything that a samurai drama sort of has. That stillness, that sort of you know austere style and stuff like that. Then Rainy Dog. Rainy Dog is part of the Shinjuku Triad trilogy. It's a really good uh, thing of three films. They're really, really good films. And, uh, for some reason, you know, I, I went back and watched them. They've, they've really stuck with me throughout the years. And I don't know why exactly. I mean, if maybe because they, it kind of has this melancholy, but it also has that humor, that Mike humor and stuff. I don't know why the Shinjuku triad trilogy is, is so big to me, but I, I really enjoy them. And, and I really like them as part of, uh, Mike's filmography. So rainy dog is, uh, you know, one of the films that they put on this list. Rainy dog is about this hitman guy that's living in China or Taiwan or something. And he's like an exile from Japan. And he's, sort of you know he's a hitman and this little kid who i guess is his is dropped off by the mother and she basically says this is your son and then she leaves the kid with him and it's beautiful i you know his films are are, are beautiful on so many levels but one of them is I don't know, Shinjuku Triad Trilogy, you don't hear a lot about this movie. You don't hear about it like you hear about like Ichi the Killer and especially Audition and stuff like that. But they're really, really good films. 
they're really they have this realism to them but they also have that whacked out gonzo humor that you associate with Mike. um number eight they put the bird people of china this film is a straight up kind of dramedy i haven't seen it in a million years but it's good like i remember it being one of his like i remember watching it thinking you know oh this is his this is Mike when he's not slicing people in half and and uh weird fucking sounds you know what i mean like it's 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 about decent people kind of and it, there's a sweetness to it i don't remember too much about it other than the fact that it was about this guy that comes into this village i think in china or something and he was this japanese guy and he sort of learns the way of life or something like that i don't i don't remember too much but but that was bird people of china it's a good good to have in the mix just because it's not some yakuza film or samurai film or high school yakuza kids like fudo or something like it's just this nice nice little film okay agitator it's a long movie agitator is they say it's his homage to uh i don't know if it's exactly his homage i don't even think he thinks in those terms but it's like his beat takishi yakuza film it's about this guy and the one thing that i remember of this guy which is a, a stylistic thing that I've always done ever since I saw it, is he wears pinstriped pants and Adidas shell sneakers. And I think that's, and a, and a leather jacket. And I think that's such a cool style. And it's a, it's a, it's a, like a Yakuza film. I don't remember too much of it because I saw it like 10 years ago. I haven't seen it since. But I remember it's, it has that, you know, Yakuza films have, kind of have that that uh that samurai rhythm as well even though it's more in modern times and stuff like that where it's like you know calm calm talking 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 maybe instead of river sounds and giant bug sounds it's just you know yakuza people scheming into stuff like that and uh i don't remember too much of it i just remember really liking it and again i remember really digging that guy's style i thought oh wow that's such a cool way to dress you know what i mean Number six on this list, the happiness of kata, of the Katakuris. And I, I mentioned it earlier, but the thing that it's about is it's about this family that bought this hotel and uh, they're, they're, they're not getting any business. And then they finally do get business, but everybody that sort of checks into the hotel or bed and breakfast or whatever the fuck it is, uh, they die on accident. And the thing that's funny is it's a musical and it's a really, really great musical. The music is awesome, even though I don't speak any Japanese. In fact, I could sing one of the songs. Okay, listen. If you're Japanese, I apologize for for replacing the lyrics with gibberish. I don't speak Japanese, but that is an actual song in it. it the song is called The Road to Happiness of Health, and to, The Road to Happiness and Health, and it's a really, really great song. It's so awesome. So let's go to page two of this, of this dumb list. And uh, okay, 13 Assassins. I mentioned 13 Assassins. 13 Assassins uh, follows that very, you know, seven samurai kind of structure of there's not bandits but there's this like warlord guy who's absolutely evil in fact if i remember correctly one of the first things you see him do is like he shoots an arrow into a little kid into a little girl and it's like wow this guy's fucking evil i hope he goes down and so the 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 people they find 13 assassins does the bad guy go down well you'll see
check it out it's 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 fun so that was 13 assassins visitor q i i told you about visitor q there's uh you know incest and shit and necrophilia and a dad fucking his daughter and stuff but it's also about family it's about the family unit and 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 you know remaining a good family and stuff it's awesome Ooh, number two on this list ichi the killer dude if you haven't seen Ichi the Killer, I understand if you haven't seen it because you have you possess a squeamishness that I don't possess. If you have that, I totally understand why you wouldn't see it. If you're a little curious, by all means, watch it. Like one of the things that I always use to sell it to people is I always say, oh, Kakihara, the blonde guy in it, he's like the Johnny Depp of Japan. And he's like, he has this cool glam style. Like my friend Shannon Williams, I, Shannon Klein, I was telling her about it like a couple years ago. And she's into like Japanese stuff and stuff. And I was telling her like, oh, it's like, he's like Johnny Depp. Cause I knew I could sell it to her like that. Even though, but then I thought about it. I was like, oh God, I hope Shannon never watches that movie because it's so violent and there's so much like, rape and this and that and it's just it's just it's just too much and then they put number one on the list audition i would put ichi the killer before audition i like ichi the killer more but audition is a great film if you haven't seen it by all means check it out um it was amazing watching it at the egyptian at the cinematech but audition is basically about this guy, and it's very very interesting now in light of all the sexual harassment and misconduct and stuff that you're hearing coming out of hollywood the premise is kind of interesting it's about this lonely widower man who is also the same actor in uh who plays the dad in happiness of the katakuris and it's about this lonely widower man and he has a son and he's a producer and he's like lonely he's you know living his life he's kind of mild-mannered he's not a total bad guy but what he does i believe is is not good and he nobody should do this and shame on him and you, you'll see what happens but what happens is his friend tells him hey you know you're lonely why don't you uh hold auditions for girls for like a fake movie and then just go out with the one that you like the most and so he holds auditions he falls in love with this girl and i will leave it at that that's all I'll say about that because it really is a truly touching and beautiful film. You should watch it. It's not horror at all. Just watch it. <laughs> it's not horror. Don't don't be scared. But listen, so that's Takashi Miike. So okay. So uh that's the show. That's the podcast. I'm going to be honest from now on and uh you know, it's fun doing this podcast. I really really thank you for listening. Give me a fist bump boom and uh, you're my friend i love you give me a hug come on i love you okay there so follow me on twitter at mr nasred follow me on instagram at mr nasred email me at nasredpodcast at gmail.com and visit me at nasred.com for all of your nasred needs and please do like share and subscribe on itunes and leave me a beautiful review and buy a wild seven productions t-shirt 10 percent of the proceeds go to children incorporated goodbye you agitator friends